1: cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com that's BlueNile.com Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season the winner of Survivor 45 Devi Adarsh, will be joining us every week
0: we're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner
1: Hello and welcome to the Talking City podcast. Now there's two unusual faces here and one very usual suspect. My name is Seb Parkinson. You will have heard me on the Talking City Extra podcast throughout the back end of this season with my esteemed colleague Isaac Johnson who has joined me several times. We've now been upgraded to the Talking City podcast in the absence of Joe Bray and... Dan Murphy, but Simon Barkovsky, the the man that never takes a day off, is joining us. Uh, Isaac, Simon, how are you guys doing? And uh, what have you been up to? Uh, we've we've not spoke for a while. Uh,
0: yeah, I've just been sort of checking out Brighton and and Brentford and all that they have to offer. Really, it's uh, yeah, spend quite a lot of time on on motorways recently, which has been, do you know what, better than expected? I would say I've not queued much, so that's that's the extent of my happiness.
2: Yeah, well, I've I've not, not really been doing it. Probably the most interesting thing I've done today is um, I got orders from my mother to water the garden. So I have... Uh, <laughs> that, that's probably the extent of my, uh, my day-to-day. But, uh, you know, in terms of football, I've actually been looking back over the season thinking, blimey, it's actually been a long season, hasn't it? In, in terms of when we first... The Premier League first started and the World Cup and everything. Um, it seems a long time ago since uh, City first first touched the pitch against West Ham, but two two massive games coming up.
1: Bizarre, actually, because uh, yeah, the start of a start of last season, we were all talking about this World Cup that's going to disrupt the season, but uh, for City especially, it seems that the World Cup was a a bit of a um, a bit of a good a good gap, was not it? Because City's form just sort of catapulted into it. But uh, we want to start at the end. We want to start at, at Brentford City. Brentford done the double over City this season, Simon, and you were there down in the capital again one of the many trips down to London that you've had this season. Uh, just run us through, run us through that game. What was the atmosphere like? What was the the performance like? There was a lot of changes in there. A lot of youngsters made their sort of debuts or one of their few appearances of the season. What what was it like? Yeah, I don't know if you can count Brentford as the, as uh, the capital. It's very very west. It's um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very Anything north out. south of Birmingham to me is the capital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's a, it's a lovely stadium. It's a nice setup. And um, Thomas Frank's got a very, very good team there. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's sort of a bit strange. I think after City won the league, I think we were kind of expecting uh, Pep to go sort of strong against Chelsea, then rest at Brighton, then go strong again. And he kind of went the opposite to that. So it meant that he played a very good team at Brighton or a very strong team and then kind of rotated again and it was pretty much the the team he played at Chelsea um at Brentford and you know Brentford showed that this City B team would not win the league because they uh they more than matched him on the day and got kind of the goal that uh they probably deserved on the balance of play so City's Uh, Winning streak was ended at Brighton and their unbeaten streak was ended at Brentford. I was sort of driving back, and uh, there was a City fan ringing into Five Live talking about how disappointing it was to end the season on a defeat. And they were kind of saying, But it's not the end of the season, is it? You could win the treble. And he's like, I know, but it's disappointing to end the league on a. You're like, Yeah, it, it. no, no, it, it doesn't really matter, does it? So it was um, it was kind of a day where you know you felt the excitement and nerves and drama of the Premier League were very far away from West London
1: yeah the um just a little stat for you the barcelona women's team they went like a full season and and more without without losing and they lost on the last game of the season as well so maybe there's a bit of an omen there that losing on the last day of the season but as you say you know sit here on for of the treble I, I guess in the grand scheme of things losing your last game of the season is you know going out with a loss is is not great on paper but given what city have given the fans this season you know uh, the, the, the league, the league was wrapped up. Players needed resting for the FA and the Champions League finals. You know who really cares, Isaac? Um, you were you were on desk that day to uh, to cover City. They weren't on TV because it was a uh, joint half four kick off, and it was the relegation teams were focusing. on What was it like covering City from afar?
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's like Simon said. Really, you, you felt the main the main stories of the Premier League were were, were not there, um, which is very contrasting to last year of course when you know the title went down to the final day and there was that dramatic comeback um and it was very much not that um you know it, it feels like these these last few games have been um almost you sort of just waiting you just want to go want to go because i want these big massive two games to come um and that's credit to City, really, that they've wrapped the, the title up as early as they have. Um, I think, you know, Guardiola alluded to it at a few press conferences ago, that um, the fact that they've they've finished the season so early and been able to prepare is very rare. And the fact they're going for the treble and being able to prepare for these next two massive, massive games um, is something doesn't come around too often. But... Um, Again, just 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 riffing off of what what Simon said there is, you know, the city's B team. Um, you know, we, we there's perception that City can field two teams. You know, City could field two teams and they can win the league. Well, that's not the case. I think we've seen that. Um, there's still a lot um, that the that, that bench players have to live up to, um, or, or the rotation players. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, in terms of What's on on its stake in the next few weeks, you can obviously understand the rotation. You can understand, um, for example, Gomez getting a run out when he hardly has all season and so on. Um, So, yeah, the the feeling from the desk was was pretty similar, really. Um, The stories are elsewhere, but that's because City have earned it.
1: Yeah, and and Foden Foden's a uh, one of these players where everybody's got all this potential. He's one of these up and coming prospects in world football, and yet he's not necessarily a starter in that city team. Now we were talking sort of off air, shall we say, just before we began, and talking about Foden. Putting in a good performance and and him having a place up for grabs, uh, Simon. What's your opinion on sort of where City should be at? You know, with with their team and how good is it that they've got pretty much a full squad available, despite Guardiola's cryptic comments, which we'll get onto in a minute. <laughs> well, yeah, Foden's a really interesting one because he's he must
0: be up there as one of the most talented players in the squad. Um, you know, like two years ago when City played Dortmund in the Champions League, Foden was comfortably the best player on a pitch that included Erling Haaland and you know the last when City played United at home this season Foden and Haaland got a hat-trick um but he's not been in the team for like their biggest games recently um and yeah these three games have kind of earned him this opportunity to show what he still can do I thought he was um he was decent against Chelsea and Brentford but it was Brighton where he was like fantastic um before he was kind of forced off with injury. Now, um, we don't get the chance too often to speak to players after the game. Uh, but Phil stopped on on Sunday to have a chat and kind of spoke about his um, having his appendix removed at the end of March, which completely kind of forgotten about, really. Um, but yeah, it was meant to keep him out for six weeks and it kept him out for three because he just kind of raced back. But then has felt that, since but he's kind of said now he feels he's back to his best and um, he's up for um, up for the challenge of making the finals now you'd probably say there's one place well Walker, Akanji and Ake are probably going for two spots at the back and then in attack kind of Grealish and Bernardo seem to have those wide positions locked down but if there's any player that can break in I think it's going to be Foden because, like I say, he's just got so
1: much talent. Yeah, and City are firm favourites going into that FA Cup final two to seven on, oh. <laughs> which is just United just don't seem to have a cat in hell's chance. But I just want to, I just want to look at uh, Guardiola's comments at the end of that game. He was asked by several reporters, not just not just sort of one. He was then asked again and again, sort of. Who is available for this FA Cup final? And he sort of said that he's going to take some time off and they're going to start preparing from Wednesday, which is today as we're recording. City are going to start preparing. So it's from today we'll probably start to see squad news coming out. But from, from what you've seen, Simon, do you think that City are going to have a full squad? And and, and Isaac, your opinion on this as well from, from what you've been seeing. Is City peaking at the right time here? I'd, I'd be gobsmacked if
0: all those players are, are injured come Saturday. I think that's just Pep being... Pep, but I mean, no one can say whether they'll be in top form having had that time off. But they'll be there. Um, so, yeah, I think that is just the manager being who he is.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's the only risk, isn't it? The 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 fact that he hasn't had all the plays available to, for momentum-wise. That that's probably the only risk, really. Guardiola's got form for keeping his cards close to his chest, um, and he's done that throughout his tenure uh obviously b- beforehand on uh, on various players but i remember on de, Bru- de bruyne he was saying oh he's unfit but well, un- what does <laughs> what degree of unfit is that who knows you know he, he leaves it ambiguous for a reason um and so oh uh, uh, yeah I, I don't know let let's <laughs> let's see i know it's a really cop out answer but we just we, we just don't know um and especially with the the champions league final coming a week later, um, it'll be interesting because the treble might still be on then, or it might not be. I mean, likelihood is that it will be, but um, I've just pulled off. I've just, uh, by the way, just before it came on, I was just doing a bit of research, and if City do win the FA Cup, then obviously they've won it seven times. Then, and only Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, United, and Tottenham will have won it more, um, which is a stat. <laughs> if nothing else.
0: <laughs> yeah, but also we kind of talk about City having never won the Champions League which they haven't, but also, you know, they've only won one FA Cup under Guardiola. And that is kind of seen as a bit of a a disappointment as well because the way they've dominated like the league and the league cup to miss out so often on the on the FA Cup is is disappointing and um, you know, was speaking to Julian Lescott and he was saying, you know, no no kid dreams of winning the Premier League because it's so kind of, you don't know that you're going to be a Premier League elite footballer, but if you make it as a pro, chances are you're going to be in the FA Cup and you're going to have this chance to win it. So everyone dreams of that place at Wembley. Um, And, you know, a lot of these players in the squad um, have only won one or haven't won it. So there will be that desire to go out and, you know, do well in a competition where they've kind of underachieved in the last few years.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you should say all that because uh, at the beginning of the season in in a previous life I was doing a uh, road to Wembley um, tour where we we started off with a team in the local area and then we branched out to see where they were going. And we started off with Trafford FC, and the stories that they've got they've got pictures in their in their cha- in their like club, club room of like Alex Ferguson at their at their ground with the FA Cup, and it's like those players going into that, they may not ever play in the FA Cup final again because it depends on the level and, and the contract situation. So the, the, the amount of, um, like, impetus that's put on playing in the FA Cup and winning the FA Cup, you, you're right in what you're saying, that, that Pep Guardiola's only what it wants. You know, a lot of people are looking at the fact that City are going to go for the Champions League more because Pep's not won it since he was at Barcelona, and City have just never won it. So it's like, you know... People are sort of forgetting the fact that if Pep's only only won the FA Cup as a manager once with City, um, that he's gonna he's gonna want to go for it, you know, and he's gonna put his best eleven out. But uh, just just to wrap up part one um, and just the final say on on Brentford City launched their new home kit and then wore it for that game against Brentford which is something we don't so I think Liverpool may have done it last year the year before but uh, it's not something that we see very often Simon so, mean, you've done a a really good piece on this which starts out with Manchester City sold a shirt every 12 seconds on the day that their new home kit came out and set a new club record just, just talk us through that because that is a marketing bit of genius yeah um,
0: I think it, I mean it, it it looks a nice enough kit um, it's kind of a inoffensive really it's sort of designed to be 20 years of the Etihad which I don't know how you you know model a a, sh- a shirt on a, on a stadium but um but there there we go I, I think because I, I kind of you know I seem to be writing these stories every year because they seem to break the records every year but that is the way that it should be going for a club whose fan base is growing and um you know some people won't believe it but some people never do, um, but City are kind of progressing, and you know the signing of Haaland has kind of catapulted the sales in in Scandinavia and the US, and they're finding different markets and Puma, are, you know, coming up with th- these ideas that are are helping um, engagement and revenue to slip into corporate talk. But um, but it is all meaning that more money is. Uh, is is coming into city and you know the away kits and third kit that are released you wouldn't be surprised if there was sort of more uh more sales from those because like i say city are just getting bigger and bigger and if they win the champions league final that as well will um kind of take them up to the next level um for recognition
1: across the world Excellent. Right. Well, we're going to bring part one to a close there. And in part two, we're going to jump in on the trending topics about Manchester City. We'll see you in a sec.
0: This episode is brought to you by HyperRice.
1: Welcome back to the Talking City podcast with myself, Seb Parkinson, Isaac Johnson and Simon Bajkowski. We're going to jump straight in, Simon, with uh, the story that Jao Cancelo is not signing for Bayern Munich. What's going on?
0: Yeah, um, essentially Bayern had him on loan uh, with an option to buy for about £60 million. Um, it doesn't look like Bayern are going to be taking that that option up. Um, we've also had Barcelona manager this week talking about um, how they were offered Cancelo in January and then suddenly City said no. He um, kind of left out the bit where City said no because Barcelona wouldn't stump up the money for him, which is very Barcelona. But um, yeah, it, it's it's an issue for City, really. Um, you know, player under contract till 2027. Uh, I'm not sure... He gets back in at City just because of the way it all fell sort of fell through the floor in January. But if they aren't gonna use him, they've got to sell him. Uh, but it remains to be seen who will be willing to to buy him and at what price because Bayern certainly don't seem to be interested for, for sixty million.
1: And what about you, Isaac? What do you think of Joe Cancella? Do you think City fans will welcome him back with open arms or do you think he'll be booed off the pitch?
2: Well, we sort of were given a slight answer with that when he came on, didn't we? When he came on the Etihad, there was... uh, 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 Let's just be clear, though. There was was applause for him from from some sectors, but there was obviously booing as well. Um, It's difficult to see a way back if he has properly, which he obviously has properly properly fallen out with Pep. It's hard to see a way back, really. Um, That does leave still the left-back... Is it a problem? Is it an enigma? I don't know. A hole perhaps that needs filling if, well, if and when he is sold. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they navigate that. I think it's, it'll be fascinating to see what City do in general, really, over the summer, but especially in that position, because I know it was a point for many City fans that was of concern, probably after the new year, um, that well, certainly after Cancelo exited um, and so it'll be interesting to see um, how, how Guardiola goes about um, strengthening it if, he, if if he does.
1: Yeah, well, City have notoriously been clever with their uh, transfers, haven't they? Manuel Kanji came in for less than 20 million, and and various other players have, have been brought in, and Cancelo's got a, a value of around 60 million. So if they can move him on and make some money on it, then all credit to them. But just moving on to other players, and and again, this is a bit of a bit of transfer talk. Bernardo Silva, Ilkay Gundogan. There's a lot of talk coming at the end of the season, and Bernardo Silva's been one that's notoriously been talked about leaving Manchester City he's been unhappy but then he's played absolutely excellent and he's won of Pep Guardi all the stars Simon Isaac what, what do you think the future holds beyond September for, for Bernardo and Gundogan that's the big question isn't it midfield is going to be where City's summer is, is
0: decided um, yeah Bernardo is in that same boat where he can leave if he if he wants to and if he gets a incredible offer. Um PSG bid for him last year but it was too late whether they will revive their interest he certainly got a lot of um a lot of admirers with the club's hierarchy. Um and then Gundogan's out of contract. So you know sort of the mood music maybe up to a few weeks ago was that he was probably leaving. I think there's a bit more hope in the city camp now there's sort of been a bit of a revision to is um is terms where it's kind of the potential for for two years, staying rather than just one. Um, but it's it's kind of up in the air. And as much as it's good that City are honouring these, you know, the wishes of these players not to sort of things before the end of the season, it does leave them in kind of a bit of limbo going into the the summer
2: and the start of the transfer market. It's interesting with with Gundogan because um. He, what you know, as as Simon says, you know the 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 inkling was that he was going to leave, but because his form is, is picked up so much, um, not that it's been bad the rest of the season, of course, but he's he's just gone on to another level. He's been a real, he has been a real leader for City, and he, he undoubtedly would be a loss either way. But you would think that if if Pep lost him, it would be a leader lost in the dressing room, and then it becomes how do you replace that. Um, and who do, who do you target um because obviously Bellingham looks like he's going madrid now um i'm not i'm not i'm, I'm i think Simon you'll be able to to give more detail on how, how much interest there was from city side and how far they, they were with that but now Bellingham's out the question it's about who do you get and, and who obviously city are massively appealing and for me personally, I don't think these um, allegations hanging over them will actually affect whether players want to come or not at all, actually. Um, it's beyond the players' control. So if Guardiola comes calling, you're very rarely going to say no. In fact, you never hardly say no. Um, but yeah, it's, it's about who who, who do you get in. You know, I mean, there's there's uh, been links with... Rice potentially not to replace directly replace either silver or, or or Gundogan but, um, another players as well in in the Premier League. Um, I don't know Sam. What have you what have you been hearing in regards to sort of any midfield potential arrivals?
0: Yeah, it's um, isn't you kind of hit the nail on the head with Gundogan with um, you know, his form picking up in the last few months. It's like anyone watching him at this point says, "How on earth can you you let him go?" But at the same time. Do you want to be make your decision based on two months rather than what you were thinking over the whole year? Um, and he is thirty two, I think. So you know there is kind of um, City will need to watch out and will have their own view on kind of when they think his level will will drop. Um, clearly, as of now, it's not dropping. Um, so yeah, that is. Really interesting, and then yeah, be- Bellingham looks like um, he's uh, he's going to to Real. There certainly was interest from from City, and that kind of could could be revived again if, say, Real Madrid and Dortmund fail to sort of agree a fee. But uh, it's not looking like um, Bellingham is is coming. Which yeah, like you say, leaves um, leaves a hole. I think there's been. Um, some talk about Kovacic at Chelsea, and obviously Chelsea will be a really interesting club to look at in general, just because they're probably going to have to have a fire sale to to meet all kinds of um, uh, financial conditions. So um, it, Chelsea will be will be interesting to watch, and obviously Kovacic is um, you know potentially available, but it, City are, are still kind of. Waiting on uh, answers from Gundogan and, and Bernardo,
1: and, and they're not going to get those before the Champions League final. Really, brilliant. Well, just before we move on to part three and preview the United v City FA Cup final, what an, what an occasion that's going to be! You guys are driving down there in in one car, Sam, and I believe that you, Ty, si, uh, Samuel, and is it who else is going? Is it Joe? Joe going uh, with you?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The four of you in a car. We, um, we were talking about potentially putting one of our uh, video producers in with you and making a five-man car and doing a podcast on the way down to, to do the journey, but it's, uh, we've, we've managed to solve it and we don't need to do that. So you guys can go down and bicker in peace without it being recorded. I was just going to say the swearing would have made it un- unpublishable anyway. <laughs> that's the best bit <laughs> Now, just before we move on to, to that preview Simon you've done a really really nice opinion piece here which is on Erling Haaland can make a point to Man United Eric Ten Hag in the final and it and it, and it starts off by pointing out something I was quite surprised at that Erling Haaland has scored home and away from Man City this season but he's yet to score at a neutral venue which is, which is great for Man United fans by the way who, who might think that Erling Haaland might not score against them despite already scoring a Hatcher gets from this season but just run us through that what what has Ten Hag been saying and, and what what's uh, Harlan's comeback? Uh,
0: well I mean you know Harlan's got a point to prove just because um, I think it's one goal in sticks um, you know he, he tends to turn up for the bigger games and City haven't had too many of those um, in the last few but you know he'll still want to get back into that that vein of scoring but no it was more to do with um, Ten Hag saying recently that, uh, you know, Ten Hag saying that everyone strengthened in January while United didn't um, and United need to spend more. And this is a guy who sort of spent 220 million in in summer and uh, everyone's saying what a great job he's he's done. But he sort of, he's made himself look better by being so terrible at the start of the season at with uh, Brighton and Brentford. And then you get all that money in Casemiro uh, comes in and, and you look a bit better, but I mean the only business City did in January was um, losing Joe Cancelo. So they he either either he doesn't consider them a rival because they're so far ahead, or he's um, just kind of conveniently forgetting things to to make a point. But the idea that sort of United are uh, are not heavy spenders um, is kind of one to be put in the put in the bin. But you know they could have signed Erling Haaland twice for a lot less than City paid for him and didn't, which is kind of indicative of the way they have spent as badly as City have spent well. And that's why
1: the two clubs are where they are. Only really Chelsea that are eclipsing United in terms of big and not so very fruitful spending this year, this this past few years, especially this year. But that's all for part two. Thanks very much. We'll be back for a full Manchester AV Man United FA Cup final preview in just a sec. Welcome back to part three of this FA Cup final preview of the Talking City podcast with myself, Seth Parkinson, Isaac Johnson and Simon Bajkowski Simon, you're heading down to Wembley, you won't be getting the train by the way because the trains are all on strike on Saturday so if anybody listening to this is looking for a last minute trip to Wembley, make sure you drive or get the bus or fly or however you can get there, you will not be going on the train unless you are a train driver and you decide to drive the train yourself Anyway, Man City, Man United it's been a big run to the fa cup final for both clubs city notoriously notably beating burnley six nil chelsea four nil bristol city three nil arsenal one nil sheffield united three nil in fact they haven't conceded a goal simon <laughs> just talk me through the, the the city the the team and the squad that you expect to be available and, and what we can expect from city on the day
0: yeah I think um it will be pretty much a fully fit squad and the strongest team available to Guardiola. I think we will see this pretty much the same team maybe one two changes at most for for Wembley and Istanbul because Guardiola knows his best 11. There, there might be the odd tweak but you know you can you can name nine of the starters um already pretty much it's that that cut and dry so um there won't be kind of any surprises for United in in those terms but there may be surprises in the way City set up because as we've seen over the last few months with John Stones coming into midfield from right back or centre back or other players coming through we've had three two two three or Um, You know, so many different formations and styles of play and changing within the game. And City are so far tactically developed from where they were in January when they played at Old Trafford that United are going to face a a very different City team this weekend.
1: Isaac, from you, what do you think? How do you think this is going to play and how do you think that City are going to perform?
2: Yeah, well, it's interesting we mentioned the the tactical side because um, I remember listening to Nathan Ake after City had won the title. He was on... The radio, and he was saying that um, basically they'd gone through a lot of different tactical formations on the pitch, on the training pitch. Sorry, um, after that Nottingham Forest draw, which uh, numerous people have said that was the the turning point for for, for City um, players wise, anyway. Um, and I think from Pep Guardiola's point of view, he'll set up how he obviously he'll set up how how he thinks will win the game but it almost in regards to the opposition I think he'll set up how he wants to anyway regardless although for United for side they have got a number of people missing and so that will play a part so Lissandra Martinez for United is out Marshall yesterday he's out now whether he, whether he would have started or not I don't know uh, I mean that's Anthony, a bonus it, for United fans let's be honest yeah yeah um, because the likelihood is in 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 that <laughs> it, it, in in that case is that um, Rashford comes in to the centre which now he, he obviously scored the winner in the January game but City a much different side since then and in the six three. Uh, defeat for United at the Etihad, he played up front and was very, very ineffective. Um, and he, him going from the left to the centre will null a lot of United's threat. And actually, if City do play the three at the back, the 3-2-4-1 the or, or whichever variation of that, um, they're probably able to deal with the attack fine. Whether that Sancho comes in or... or Garnacho um, on the left, whoever. I think they'll be able to deal with it okay. So uh, yeah, I don't. I don't expect too many changes between the two, the two finals. Um, I think it'll also de- it depend on how the game pans out itself. Um, if City absolutely run away with it, then <laughs> lo and behold, would you would you take one off in the final to rest them for another final? Well. City fans will hope that might be a, a, a prospect, but uh, in reality, it'll it'll be a case of um, strong strongest team.
1: Yeah, we well, United had their awards ceremony sort of earlier this week, and uh, a lot of the talk at that ceremony was, you know. Stopping City from winning the treble, making sure United are the only team that win the treble. How, Simon, how do you see the game playing out from your perspective? You've you've been at all these City games every se- all season. You've seen City beat United six three. You've seen United uh, City lose to United at Old Trafford two one. Just where's this game won and lost for City?
0: I think the Guardiola is always wary of pace and pace on the counter that can sort of nullify his defense and you know hurt them instantly when they're out of possession um and we saw that in the january game albeit an absolutely ridiculous goal that should never have been allowed and has since been admitted would never be allowed again um i think the the game changer as far as city are concerned is that real madrid at home performance because Real Madrid away, they did a similar thing. They, they bossed the game, but then in an instant, Camavinga and Vinicius kind of made it 1-0 Real. And that is how City had been hurt in these type of games before. But Real at home, Vinicius didn't get a kick. Benzema didn't get a kick. Uh, you, you know, you had one of the most lethal attacks in Europe that City just did not get anywhere near Edison's goal. Um, and that is how... That, will give them the confidence to say you can do it, you can shut them out for all that time. Um, so go and do it again. And yeah, like Isaac says, Rashford through the middle is probably less dangerous for City than um on a wing. And Martial as much as he's kind of frustrated United fans for, for so long with his kind of inconsistency with fitness, like his pace would would worry City. Whereas um you know that they're still gonna have Um, plenty of players to be concerned with but I think um, they will just look to to play their game dominate keep the ball um, and kind of use that confidence and swagger
1: that they've had in the last two months where they just looked unbeatable yeah it was incredible watching City just absolutely humiliate Real Madrid at the Etihad I mean I was there the day before watching Real Madrid train and the flags that were put out to, to create that atmosphere. And, you know, people say that City don't sell tickets. Honestly, that stadium was bouncing from minute one. I mean, the, the family atmosphere outside the ground as well is, is great for up-and-coming fans. And a lot of people criticise City for not having a big fan base, but City are building a really nice family-based fan base, aren't they? We've got the City Square outside the ground and everything, but the the, the football on show, the entertainment value, they absolutely destroyed Real Madrid, and if if City turn up to Wembley and play a similar game, United, unless they score on the counter attack, like we were saying about Real Madrid's home home tie, you know, it could be another humiliating game. But then it all depends how the team two teams set up. and And Isaac, from you, what what sort of starting eleven can you see Pep going against,
2: and what tactically do you think he'll do? I think he'll go with his strongest his strongest lineup. Um, I, th- I think with with Pep. The, the, uh, for me, the only way I can see City not winning is if, <laughs> as he alludes to jokingly over ever, ever since, it's overthinking, doing something to try and be a bit too clever. But I think he's learned his lesson there. So um, I think you'll have all the big names starting. I've got a hunch De Bruyne is actually not as unfit as he was tr- perhaps implying. Um, so I think obviously he will get the nod. Um Obviously, Haaland. You start with Haaland uh, on the right. If Bernardo's fit, probably him. Gundogan, um, and then on the left. Um, well, you'd say you'd say Grealish, but Phone hasn't been playing too badly, and obviously Grealish is a doubt. Um, so obviously, either either one of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then sitting. Obviously, you can't you can't drop Rodri. Uh, Rodri, perhaps with Stones. I know, sorry, I'm no one going back to Frontier. I'm just in my mind how I'm working it. <laughs> um, Stone's next to um, Rodri, uh, and then the back three of uh, Diaz, Ikanji, uh, Ifit, and um, Ake, I think, probably. Scott Carson in goal. <laughs> Scott, Scott Carson in goal, absolutely. Well, the, yeah.
0: the, the goalkeeper's interesting because, I mean, Ortega's played every round and not conceded a goal. But surely you start Edison. Zach Stefan. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Peps talks about, about Ortega and how good he is. But, you know, it's some call if he starts him over Edison
1: it's true and if it gets to penalties you never know you might bring him off the bench to uh, to save the day but it's, it's a call that you've seen a lot of managers make I think Jose Mourinho is known for it he'll, he'll champion his goalkeeper or whatever player and then he'll drop him and just say sorry you know we won the cup you know it was the right decision to make if they don't win the cup then they go well blame me and I drop the keeper or whatever but um, just before we wrap up guys and let Simon go for his uh, preparation for his long trip with the United correspondents down to Wembley uh, can we get a score prediction from you how do you think that the game will go whether it gets to penalties extra time 90th minute 90 you know a 93 20 again what what we what we saying if, if city turn up as they should then
0: i think we're talking 3-0 3-1 3 0 3 one 3 0 if they turn up as they should um but i, I do think if they're not going to win the treble then this is the game where they slip up rather than Inter
2: yeah i i, I think like i said before the the only risk is the fact that they've not been able to play the best team for for these last few matches so there could be slight rustiness in a few players if they are on song like they were against madrid then it could be it could be four potentially um i suspect though because a number of players haven't played for a little while and if they do play uh, it will be they'll still win comfortably um i'd I go for a 3-0 And perhaps only a 3-1 if it was towards the end of the game. City have won it and it's a counter-attack or something like that. But I am going to go 3-0 myself.
1: Well, for what it's worth, I think United will score an early goal. City will then bounce back in a good extra time and (laughs) be won on penalties. And David De Gea won't save a single one. There you go. Ortega with Ortega with or, or Stefan or Carson or whoever he puts in there. <laughs> anyway, guys, really appreciate your time. We've uh, done a good good preview there. Hope everybody's enjoyed listening. And uh, if you are travelling down to Wembley, give us a give us a shout. Spe- give Simon a wave if you see him driving down in his uh, dick-old de- de- Manchester City, Manchester United News car. And uh, we will see you uh, in a week's time when we preview and review the uh, champions league final preview champions league final and review the fa cup final and uh, it'll either be myself and isaac and simon or it could be joe it could be dan we don't know who's going to be back at this stage because everybody is on holiday or taking time off so we will see you very soon thanks for listening see you again